Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. It is Friday, October 28th. We just got done watching another Thursday night football matchup where the uh, under is well and truly alive. I'm Tommy Garrett, fantasy analyst here at Pro Football Network. Joining me today as we break down the rest of the week eight slate, including your start sets of a couple betting lines, including some underdog fantasy as well, is Mr. Ian Warden. You can find him over on Twitter at NFL Film Study. We had a decent night last night. Um, I'm not a deposit boy today. That's all that matters. Uh, the super boosts are what really saved me. Um, th- that worked out really well. Ravens plus three, Lamar Jackson over 40 yards. I was sweating though, because he had 41 yards. And I'm like, we just had this happen where Tom Brady kneeled it out to lose a super boost. So that ended up hitting. And then they also had the uh, the multiverse one where it was uh, Lamar Jackson on his rushing yard and Luka Doncic had to score 30 plus. He ends up like with 40 something went off. So that ended up hitting. Super Boost for me did well, so we end up plus units on the night heading into the weekend. So I'll never complain about that. Uh, how'd you end up doing uh, on Thursday night? Did pretty good, man. Uh, my underdog plays uh, did well. Was able to hit a uh, a three uh, parlay over there, which was really nice. But I missed a five piece by one rush for Lamar Jackson. I'm uh, so salty. He had nine, and I needed ten. Oh gosh, that's why I hate like those like t- the total props are always so hard for me. It always happens to me if I pick like over or higher receptions or whatever. Like I always miss it by one, and unfortunately got hit with the back door over for mm. uh, for that game. I-, I thought it might go under. We missed it by like that final score. So a little bit yeah. of a tough break there, but got it right with the Ravens. Still hit on that that underdog play. So still a good night overall. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, and I guess it's a good point. Like, I guess it depends on where you got the the under on the week. I guess I should say, um, if you got it earlier on, that line didn't move, and so it was either hit or miss for me. I got it earlier, so it ended up working out. But it's just kind of been the trend. It's just offense is down a little bit, and man, Tom Brady is just it just ain't right right now. Tom Brady is not looking like Tom Brady. I think it's just the the trend for quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Quarterback play is just down. You got a bunch of bridge quarterbacks a lot of quarterbacks who were great are having down times and it just kind of leads to where we're at right now but we do have some good action this weekend including a sunday game over there in london thank you nfl for putting the Denver broncos not on our tvs and at a point in the day where we can actually avoid that but we'll kind of run through all of these things as we kind of dive into the rest of the slate just quick little bit of housekeeping for some of the latest news around the league. Jahan Dotson for the Commanders has been ruled out with a hamstring. Zeke is also going to miss this game. So Tony Pollard to the absolute moon 
uh, here this week. Also, Jamar Chase, uh, we saw him kind of head off the field in their last game, but he will also miss Monday night football on Halloween. Uh, personally, by the way, if the Cleveland Browns don't come out with like jack-o'-lantern decals on the sides of their helmets for Halloween, I'm going to be livid and want to refund, but that's a, we'll get to that one on Monday. But yeah, Jamar Chase is out looking to miss at least four weeks. It sounds like with a hip injury that also had a limited during practice, uh, there in week seven. Uh, so Tyler Boyd will be heading up with T Higgins kind of lead that chase. If, if Tyler Boyd was somehow still out there in your waiver wires, my God, walk, don't, don't walk, run and grab Tyler Boyd. Um, look like we're going to be getting Amon Ross St. Brown back this week after he suffered a concussion last week. So the sun God will be shining light back on your fancy lineups this week. Unfortunately, Chuba Hubbard will be out uh, this week. Look pretty solid, honestly, to start the game last week. Uh, ends up dead leaving early with the ankle injury. Then we kind of saw Donta Foreman really kind of take off. He will be out with an ankle injury. Also missing week eight will be Corey Davis, who's kind of been the number one receiver for the New York Jets here as of late, which is weird when you have two guys named Garrett Wilson and uh, Elijah Moore on your roster. Uh, but somehow Corey Davis was still doing his thing. He is out. Uh, but the, uh, Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, did say that Elijah uh, Moore will play this week after he was benched last week uh, as a healthy scratch. So at least they're going to be getting something back on that one. Um, the Lions also come back at it with DeAndre Swift looking to make his return, uh, which is fantastic news. Uh, we thought he was going to get him back after the bye. They needed another week to get that shoulder right, so we are going to be getting back DeAndre Swift. I would not go ahead and just say outright drop Jamal Williams. I think hang on to him, obviously, right now. we got to see what's going to happen with Swift. And even when he's back, Williams is still going to be a, a sneaky producer on this on this offense, sitting somewhere in the, you know, 35 40% of the, the rushing share, plus getting some work out of the backfield and also in the red zone goal-to-go situation. So definitely can't just be throwing him out there unless someone like a um, Tyler Boyd or another player here, Kadarius Toney, is also still sitting out there on waivers. Then I can make an, understa an understanding on that one because as we did see yesterday in this news, Kadarius Tony heading to the Kansas City Chiefs. Some of the uh, the headlines and instant reactions by some of the uh, the people who get paid to have a microphone in front of them on Kadarius Tony are just it's it's gold right now. The uh, the freezing takes Twitter account is probably going to be busy for a lot of people if Kadarius Tony doesn't turn out to be the the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, also another trade that we did see this week was James Robinson heading up to the New York Jets to replace Brees Hall, who was also for the year on a torn ACL, which absolutely sucks. Um, but on the positive side, it wasn't as devastating as Javante Williams's uh, injury. Um, so hopefully we'll kind of get him back for 2022, uh, 2023. Um, not overly hyped on James Robinson this week as they kind of probably lean on uh, Michael Carter for this very first game, but at least, uh, we do have some some movement there. And then also another player looking to make his return will be James Conner for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so I think with that out of the way, let's kind of move into some of our start sits for the week for you guys sitting in your redraft leagues. We're nearing the halfway point. I mean, there's it's we are literally at it right now, and that's including if you make it to the championships. So it's time if you're sitting there at two and five, three and uh three and four, whatever, it's it's go time. There's no time to waste at this point. I think we're going to start some things off here, Ian. 
You listed Antonio Gibson here as a start this week as the Commanders take on the Indianapolis Colts. It was looking like Brian Robinson was going to take over the backfield, but Antonio Gibson really hasn't gone away, has he? No, he hasn't, and he actually had his second-best fantasy week of the season last week. He had 15.2 points. Uh, I think with Taylor Heineke in the lineup, I think it's actually a good thing for Gibson. Uh, we're not going to probably see as many passing attempts as we did with Wentz. Uh, that should be a healthier thing, not only for the commanders, but also for uh, these running backs. Uh, he had 77 total yards, had a score, and he's been the red zone guy. That's the most important thing. He became the red zone guy. Uh, that, I think, was the thing I did not expect with Robinson in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, looking at the Colts, one of the worst defenses in the league against running backs, give up over 104 yards a game, half a touchdown, 44 yards receiving. I think Gibson is a really nice flex option uh, for those. And I, I think even Robinson, you could justify starting him as well. And the nice thing, too, also with that matchup is the Colts are also down on a couple players this week. Um, Shaq Leonard is banged up, but also uh, Quiddy Pay is out this week. So that's kind of adding to that uh, adding to that kind of play because that's going to reduce the run defense. Uh, someone else I'm looking at is just full to the moon, as I kind of alluded to earlier with Zeke Elliott, is Tony Pollard. Um, coming off his first game of the year where he outsnapped Zeke 60% to 49%. It's it's one of those where we know how good Pollard can be. He is lightning in a bottle when he's on the field. And it's something we've been watching for a couple years now. Every time he's on the field, he looks like the more explosive back. Since week two has averaged 11.7 touches per game and 76.4 total yards. RB36 in points per game, cracking the top 30 uh in his last six games i for me is just a beautiful matchup against chicago 29th in rushing yards per game 18th in epa they're also sitting here at 27 so giving up the fifth most explosive runs per game which is where we see tony powell to really break things off sitting here at six most fancy points per game also allowed to running backs i love tony pollard this week and someone who's actually available on a decent amount of leagues to where he was able to kind of come in here and kind of be a uh a massive uptick for a team because we'll have to see how long it takes until they get back Ezekiel Elliott. Pittsburgh Steelers head into a brutal game against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, likely going to be playing from behind. And I'm noticing you've got George Pickens listed as a starter here this week. We were looking probably Darius Slay lining up with Deontay Johnson. Are you kind of favoring this kind of matchup for George Pickens in a game where they kind of need to play from behind and hopefully He's not matching up against Slay, who's been doing an incredible Darrell Rivas impression as of late. Yeah, that's a big part of this, right? Like, it doesn't really make sense on the surface level. Um, but when I've been actually diving into these numbers a little bit, he's been doing really well. Pickens has at least 61 yards in three of his last four games. Got his first touchdown last week, which was very fitting for who George Pickens is. Just a beautiful right. touchdown catch. Just love his game overall. He's been looking really impressive. Uh, Kenny Pickett sucks, but... At least Pickens has been getting opportunities <laughs> from Pickett. Oh, dude, you can't do that to me when I'm taking a drink. Like, I think I'm safe when you're talking. Oh, oh, I hope you get Tootsie Rolls in your Halloween candy for that. <laughs> Just kidding, Kenny. Just kidding. It's, it's been a rough year, but it's it's not all on him. But uh, you know, I'm just I'm a little bit salty, you know, because I had some action on Pickens winning Rookie of the Year, and so you know, I'm just a little bit salty from that. But you know, he has been good for Pickens. I will say uh, he runs good routes. The Eagles rank fifth in passing yards allowed. 
Um, they've done a really good job, but I think the Pickens is one of those next level talents. And so James Bradbury is going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, he's ranked as 40, uh, wide receiver 44 in your rankings for the week. I just think that he could outperform that because he can get that touchdown. He can get the big plays that go above that. Yeah. He's really more of a guy that I would consider as like a flex option, right? Like he's a start for me. He's a start. If you've got a coin flip between a couple of guys, I really like his ability because he has been getting the volume. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. And for me, when it comes to like how I rank kind of guys, like I tend to be on the more conservative side and go with what I find to be the more like realistic outcome on some things instead of projecting at the ceiling. I do think that Pickens likely will outplay that that forty six ranking. It's just when I look at like consistencies and things like that, it's things kind of change. I like his matchup the best at the same time. It's just how much are the Steelers going to have the football in their hands? That defense has to somehow stop the Philadelphia Eagles. And that's one of the reasons I've got Miles Sanders also listed as a starter this week. He's been one of the biggest surprises this year, despite telling fantasy managers, oh, hey, don't draft me this year. Like, was that just self-sabotage or what? I don't know, because he's sitting right here as the RB16 in fantasy, averaging 19.3 touches and almost 88 total yards per game. Finished as a top 24 running back in four of six and on a lot of advanced metrics is sitting towards the upper half of the league. Steelers have been just atrocious when it comes to their their defense this year. And it's been the past couple years. I mean, I think right now Chuck Knoll is rolling in his grave at the Steelers when it comes to how they can run the ball and stand, can't stop the run. I love Miles Sanders in this one. Um, even if he isn't racking up the yardage as crazy as we have seen him before, we know it just takes one rush and he can break one. Um, he's done it against the Steelers before, and also when they get up there in their close, they have no issue turning to Miles Sanders to kind of cap off that drive with a touchdown. So I will be starting Miles Sanders here this week. Uh, mentioned Tyler Boyd also as someone who's kind of filling in for uh, with Jamar Chase out. Obviously, you can't replace Jamar Chase. I tweeted out a graphic uh, yesterday, um, and it was of 30-yard touchdowns in the NFL. <laughs> what caught you off guard is oh wait that's just the color palette no like the orange bar at the very top that was far away from everyone else was just how good jamar chase is i think the thing that surprised me the most was that since the start of last season cj uzoma has just as many 30 yard receiving touchdowns as justin jefferson that wow. surprised me i did Jeez. not see that one coming um but yeah, for me, I'm I'm all on Tyler Boyd. I I'm not expecting the 155 that we saw last year. Like I, that that's the ceiling for him. I'm sorry, last week that's the ceiling. But I think we're still looking at him as a a top 36 wide receiver against a defense I don't think is going to be able to stop this passing offense as well as they have anyone else. Uh, Boyd Ed does have a 14.2 percent target share. That's probably going to go up into the 20 percent kind of range given the style of offense that the the Bengals uh, the Bengals have and how good Joe Burrow is. I'm all in on Tyler Boyd this week. And also for T. Higgins, just rest of season, you're looking at top eight minimum uh, for, for, for T. Higgins. He's an incredible player. Um, Daniel Jones also, someone I'm kind of looking at this week. Uh, we saw the rushing uptick and really kind of been playing well. This could be a sneaky point-scoring game here against Seattle Seahawks. I like Daniel Jones this week, and also my other start for this one is going to be death, taxes, and starting your running backs against the Arizona Cardinals. I am firing up Irv Smith. Big Irv is swerving into the lineups. Over the last three games, 12.5% target share and almost a 60% route run rate, which isn't great, but it's the matchup. Arizona is 28th in DVOA against the tight end, allowing the fourth highest catch rate, the most receiving yards, 
receptions and the second most fantasy points per game. They're also dead last in touchdowns allowed. Smith is 10th in red zone targets. I'm firing him up as a low-end tight end one this week with touchdown upside. Uh, moving over to the sits, some players that were not as high on for our fantasy football lineups this week. We're going to kick things off with Aaron Jones and just a, a Green Bay Packers offense backfield also is more specifically here. That's just been very disappointing this year. We were promised Aaron Jones would be lighting it up uh, thanks to his target share with Devontae Adams out, and that just hasn't been the case. Had a decent game last week where that did kind of come into play, but look, I think this, this is the matchup thing. It's you fade players playing the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely, and he's marked as a starter in 85.5% of ESPN leagues. Guys, get him out. Get him out. If you got yeah, a running back that you can play, you got to sit him. A.J. Yep. Dillon's been complete non-factor this season. He's um, dropping Jones. Yeah, he is, and, and I yep, did. I, I dropped him in a league, and it I sucks dropped to do him it. for Kadarius Tony in one league, and I dropped him for Tyler Boyd in another. Yep, it's just like you said. It's this is the critical point in the season. You can't afford to keep having dead weight. Um, yeah. J- you know, Jones is a nice play most weeks. Like you said, it's just it's just mm-hmm. a matchup. Seventeen carries for forty two yards over the last two weeks. Only thing that saved him is two receiving touchdowns. And so the Bills, we know they're super stingy. Six best defense against backs. Um, Fifty three rushing yards allowed per game because they play from ahead all the time. Yeah. Uh, they are a little bit more vulnerable against receiving backs. So I, I do think that Jones might get some receptions. I just don't think the Green Bay is going to get into the red zone. I don't think they're going to be able to score once they get there. So for me, it's it's a tough decision. But my goodness, the only reason that you're going to start him is if you have absolutely nobody else to start at running back. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Yeah, and that's I, I have to think you probably can find someone else that's out there. I mean, my God, if we're out here starting Donta Foreman in leagues, you can probably find someone to replace uh, uh, Aaron Jones with. It's At a certain point, draft capital doesn't matter anymore. The price, yesterday's price, is not today's price. As as we once heard by Fat Joe, uh, I've used that so many times this week on Travis Etienne uh, with how much he went up after the James Robinson thing. So it's, it's just stuck in my mind right now. Uh, another player this week who I am probably going to be sitting is going to be David Montgomery taking on the Chicago Bears. Um, we kind of saw that the Bears say they wanted to ride the hot hand, and that's kind of happening right now. Uh, maybe not to the extent some of us thought like, hey, Carlo Herbert could really just take off, but there's enough in there to where he's really just kind of diminishing some of the value of Dave Montgomery, who did see a 56% snap rate drop uh, with Khalil Herbert coming off a season high rate last week. Herbert also handled 13 of those touches, turning him into 87 yards. Uh, Montgomery, not quite as much. It's just the touchdowns that have been saving him as the RB24 last week. He remains playing. He, like, he remains one of the better running backs in the NFL, just all the way he is playing. Like he's finally playing like that running back where they put the graphic up, where like he was like the super running, but like the the strength of Ezekiel Elliott. If you guys remember that when he was still at uh, at Iowa State, and they put that graphic up there. Like he's playing well, but it's not a great matchup against Dallas, who's been a very stingy defense, and you're not going to break anything off on Dallas. They have too much speed on defense, especially with someone like Micah Parsons, who can literally travel 53 yards across the side to side and never get tired. Um, Throw that in there with Khalil Herbert taking away those opportunities. Uh, I will be sitting David Montgomery in this matchup. 
uh, this week. It's look, Chicago's got to throw the ball right now. Like you don't have enough upside to be able to run the ball. You don't have the wiggle room. Dow's is going to come up on top of you. Trust Justin Fields and his legs at this point before you trust into a running back. Um, we talked about the this game kind of earlier, and it's another game we'll kind of be hitting on when we kind of come back on Monday. But Amari Cooper taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Cooper has been the only target that they've kind of really been going after here at wide receiver. David Njoku is out on this one too, but it's a matchup where I think they're, you probably need to give it a little extra consideration, right, Ian? Yeah, the reason why I wanted to mention it today is because we have to make those calls for Sunday now, right? Yeah. Like we can't wait till Monday. It is what it is. Cooper's been a great option this year. He's been one of my big hits. It's been great to see him have a little bit of a renaissance season. Uh, but Cincinnati's one of the best defenses in the league against wide receivers, uh, allowing the fifth least points per game, 10 receptions per game, 131 yards, less than half a touchdown per game. This is where the Browns are just going to have to focus on getting points from the tight end position and the running back position. Uh, Cooper's obviously a threat. I just don't think Brissett, he's kind of heading downward trend right now, and I'm mm-hmm. a little bit worried with that. Got a primetime game. This is generally where backup quarterbacks don't play very well. Um, Cooper has four touchdowns to kind of make up uh, uh, four weeks with the touchdown to make up for some of the lost volume. But that volume has dropped over the last couple weeks, seven receptions and 118 yards over the last two weeks. He keeps trending downward. Uh, So he's definitely a guy that if I'm able to, I'm, I'm sitting him. uh, And I will say there's worse options, right? Like I think he's a better start than Aaron Jones per, for example, the last guy I just talked about. He's not an auto guy. You've got to be doing it for somebody. Yes, there. Ha- hopefully you've got, and especially receivers, such a deep position. Hopefully, if someone yeah. with a really good matchup, it's just such a bad matchup for him. What did you say Cincinnati ranked at in terms of their pass defense? Um, I had them for fifth least uh, wide receiver points allowed. So you know what's amazing is they're doing that with Eli Apple on their roster. How yeah. good would they be in their numbers be if Eli Apple wasn't getting burned to a crisp every single damn weekend? Yep. Lou Anaramo has done such a great job um, throughout his career to, to build up defensive backs. Like he did it with Miami. He's done it in several of his previous spots. He just elevates talent in, in such an effective way, especially from like with safeties. It's like you said, Apple is like the definition of average. So average gets cooked very often in the NFL. Um, he rarely gets cooked, and I know that he did it the worst times last year, but that's just because you, you can't stop that for, from happening forever. <laughs> but I just don't you really see... You can only see, mask it for as long as possible. Exactly. With Von Bell, Jesse Bates, I don't really see Cooper this being that game for him. I could see I could see it mm-hmm. being like last week where he gets three, four receptions, 50 to 75 yards, somewhere in that range, but like that's not moving the needle for your fans. You're just team. banking on that touchdown upside. Exactly. Yep. And I, I don't I don't want to have to rely on a touchdown for someone to have value. And that's no. also for me why I'm sitting Kyle Pitts. I don't want to do it. Nothing about me enjoys this. Like, how do you spend top 15 picks on multiple top tier players in Drake London and Kyle Pitts and you don't use them? You're content being a mediocre average offense by running the ball with a mediocre average running back in Tyler Algier. Like, he's okay. Tyler Algier ain't all that in a bag of chips. He's a one-cut running back you don't want to meet in a dark alley because he's going to run right through you, but that's about it. Like, it's stop trying to act like you're Tennessee South. You are not Tennessee. Like, use your damn weapons. It infuriates me. Like, Kyle Pitts is top 10 in target share and air yards. Highest drafted tight end we've ever seen. 
one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen and somehow was still people called it a disappointment based off the expectations we have for Kyle Pitts. You've got two skyscrapers on offense, but they're averaging like 18 routes per game. I just, oh, I, every team that I went heavy on with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, I'm just taking them out back behind the shed and putting them down. It, it's insane what they have done to these players and their fantasy upside. I can only hope at this point we get a transfer portal and these guys can just lead the Atlanta Falcons. They don't deserve them right now. They don't deserve this. Um, oh, God. Can you maybe tell? They this? Trade, maybe they trade for Matt Ryan. <laughs> I wonder how Matt Ryan would look in an Atlanta Falcons jersey. I'm sure we can get a uh, a jersey swap a nice done of that pretty shot. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, we can right. get that one done pretty quickly. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle Pitts, it sucks. It's a great matchup. Carolina, awful against uh, tight ends, but doesn't matter. I can't start him. And what, what annoys me the most is that whoever wins this game is going to be sitting on top of the NFC South because nothing makes sense this year. Like, I literally saw a, a poll, and it was on, uh, I think it was on it was on Wednesday, and it was by Kyle Yates who put that out there, and it said, are you enjoying playing fantasy football this year? Only 35% of people said yes. I get it. I get it. Um, and I think Kyle Pitts is a, a good reason why the fun is being sucked out of my soul this year between him and DJ Moore. I'm just a bitter old man at this point. <laughs> but I want to talk to you guys about our partners over at Pickett. Are you tired of tracking your bets out on messy spreadsheets? Well, Pickett, the best bet tracking app on the market, makes it quick and easy to track all of your bets across any sportsbook. Track your bets, shop the best lines, and sweat them out with the community of avid sports bettors just like yourself. Set up today using promo code PFN365, and you can win up to $100 for free. Pickett is 100% free to join and use, so what are you waiting for? That's promo code PFN365 to get up to $100 just for signing up. And you were kind of diving into a lot of the trends that we see over on Pickett, which one of the nice things about that, we kind of see where the money is going, where the community is kind of flowing over there. Right now, I think it's what's interesting is what's going on over there in the London game. It's one of the games you really have uh, your spotlight on with over 70% of the money going over on Denver to cover the plus 2.5 despite only 50% of the bets. So you're kind of seeing a split between the public and the sharps over here on this one, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's always a big thing that we, we want to focus on, right? Like where are the sharps going? We want to generally fade the public on this one. Uh, we've seen this number move quite a bit since opening. And yeah. part of that has been Russell Wilson is going to play. That was something that broke today is that he's going to be starting after doing all of his stretches on the plane. Bro, if I'm on an international flight with you and you're doing high knees, you better I better be carrying you off the field like Rudy. Like, you need to have the greatest game in history. If I've been on an international fight, crammed with a bunch of dudes on a high-protein diet, and you're doing high knees in the middle of the aisle. Like, bruh. Come Amazing. on now, man. It's so Russell Wilson. Like, I just couldn't even believe it. So, Like, outside of filming another crappy Subway commercial for food that isn't actually <laughs> food in several countries, fun fact, look that one up for yourself. Um, like, it, it's the most Russell Wilson thing ever. It is. You hate to see it. You just hate to see it all around. So, you know what, though? The people are liking Denver, and I, I don't blame them. I think Jacksonville with three straight losses. I know Denver has three straight losses. Jacksonville's lost some ugly games recently. I like their upside, um, but I'm kind of favoring Denver there as well. Yeah, it's at some point they got to turn this around. I know we're saying the same thing yeah. about like Tom Brady and Tampa Bay, 
they got to get this figured out. But at some point, they've got to get this figured out. Like, they're too talented of a team. This The defense deserves so much better than what the offense is giving them because that defense is putting together an all-world performance to keep the Denver Broncos somehow in games. You've got the talent, even without Javante Williams on this offense. You've still got Cortland Sutton. You still have Jerry Judy. You still have Russell freaking Wilson. Like, he's still a good quarterback in there. Like, it's just, you just got to get all this stuff figured out. I think the offensive line's had some issues. It's They're just not doing the simple things. And that's what I think we're seeing more often than not is when people are doing their breakdowns, like what's going on, really diving in. It's just the simple things. And that's what they've got to get cleaned up. And hopefully maybe a a game like this will help that happen. Something's got to change for Denver. Otherwise, they're going to get left behind in a division that is running away from them with the way the Kansas City Chiefs are getting better and the way that the Las Vegas Raiders are playing some really darn good football. Um, another game you've got listed on here is the Cardinals taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Now, Kyler Murray could absolutely go nuclear this weekend. Is that going to be on the football field, though, or is that going to be on Call of Duty because the servers just went online last night? Which way are you kind of looking at the uh, weather trends kind of telling you right now in this matchup? Yeah, so this one opened up with a big line, Vikings 6.5. Uh, it's moved down to Vikings minus 3.5 because 93% of the money's on Arizona to cover. It's driven that line down three points. I, mm. I actually look at this. I think it's gone too far that direction. I like Minnesota here, five and one. I think they're a good team. Arizona is playing better. I got to give it to them. They're playing a little bit cleaner football, uh, but I still don't like this matchup for them. I still think Minnesota, they have a lot to prove, and I think that they're looking to prove it because their schedule is about to get a little bit more difficult. And uh, I, I like them in this matchup. I wish it was three. I would not mind buying this down to three points. I hate three and a half. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this one from Minnesota, and I might buy that down. Every time I see that hook on a three, like I, it just I, I get instantly nervous. Like, what do you guys know that we don't? Because how many times do we get burned on like those magic numbers? Like that three to go into three and a half somehow just comes back to comes back to bite you. Um, next game, looking on here, Miami taking on the Detroit Lions. This is a game that me and you talked about earlier in the week. I know we're just kind of talking about ourselves. It's one that I took early. Um, I just went it straight up on the money line and I got way better odds than we're at right now. People were like a minus 188 on Miami on the money line. I think I got them at minus 156. Uh, the trends right now, they're definitely showing where uh, public is certainly favoring Miami, but they don't expect this to be a blowout, do they? No, they don't. Surprisingly, we've got 83% of the bets uh, and the money on Detroit to cover complete 180 from the other side of things almost 90 percent of the money is on miami to beat detroit fully agree with that i'm actually taking miami minus three and a half against detroit um i do like miami to cover too i just think don't think that the lions are are trending the right way i think this was kind of like the start of their big uh slump over the last couple of weeks yeah they came out hot they dropped from the number one offense to the number nine offense in the course of two and a half weeks so I think that's just going to probably continue until they start getting some more receiving talent back. Wouldn't surprise Jamal Williams. I know you talked about him earlier. Kind of mm-hmm. a consideration there. He's in a contract year. Do they look yeah. to trade him? I think it probably makes sense to look to trade him, um, even though he is the heart and soul of that team. That's you know, <sighs> Dan Campbell's got to make a decision on that. It's like, you know, he's he's an older running back. You're not going to probably re-sign him after this year. So I like Detroit. I like what they're building. These losses are good uh, for their draft standing. It stinks for their culture, but this was part of the plan and, and you know i yep. took them over for their wins this year i thought they I might too. get there but you can't lose the coin flip games they've been losing too many coin flip games i think miami keeps piling on here yeah i think it was was it five wins was that for the lions i think it was yeah, like five or five I, and I think a half it was like four it was either i think it was five and a half and that's what made it tough 
Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Cause I know for me, it was one of those teams that they were my team. I was going over on for me. I felt like the Chicago bears were the worst team in that division and that the, the Lions would end up finishing third. Um, yep. I, I think we end up with two teams that just aren't playing well. Although yep. I do think the Lions are, they're ahead of the Bears in their rebuild. I think the Bears are who we thought they were. It's just the Lions who are letting us down a little bit. But like we talked about, it's a this is a multi-year plan. They got a bunch of dudes on this team. Um, Aiden Hutchinson's playing like a dog out there. You got him on Ross St. Brown. I think, like I said, it's, it's a quarterback. What we knew this was going to be, and that's no knock on Jared Goff who has been playing some pretty darn good football. They just need to be healthy, and I think the Lions will be okay, but this is not the week uh, not the week to, to think they're going to have this awesome turnaround. Um, I think the, the Dolphins just they just got too much firepower. Uh, speaking of a team with plenty of firepower, Las Vegas is playing some darn good football this year, and shout-out to Josh McDaniels, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, all those dudes out there that have just been carrying it for this, off, for this team and really kind of keeping those expectations in check while at the same time delivering on some really good quality wins that are out there. They're taking on a New Orleans Saints offense um, that, for me, New Orleans just has been a little bit disappointing. Jameis obviously hasn't been healthy for all this whole season. They're still running with the uh, the red rifle. Uh, For me, I, I love the Raiders in this one. I think you're probably leaning on the same way on this, too. Yeah, I'm smashing the money here for for the Raiders, and so are the Sharps. This is this is one of the biggest splits of the week. I think it is actually the biggest split of the week. 78% of the money is on New Orleans to cover. However, 65% of the money is on the, on the mm. Raiders to actually win. So I think that's a big, big, big indication of what the Sharps are expecting. It's what we're seeing. It's what we're seeing on the field. As soon as this team, three weeks ago, they started running the ball with Josh Jacobs, totally changed the outlook of their season. They've been a completely different team. Their balance has totally changed on offense, helped covering up for the defense quite a bit. You're not seeing as many mistakes, not as many possessions, obviously, for the defense there. New Orleans is a good team. This isn't really about New Orleans. For me, this is just about the Raiders. I think the Raiders are about to go on like a six- to eight-week run where they're going to be really, really good. So one and a half points, we've seen that continue to move a little bit. Make sure you grab that as soon as you you can because we really don't want that to swell that much more. Uh, But I'm definitely taking the Raiders here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I actually literally when we were kind of going back over this game, uh, we saw that line had changed. Like, I've got it at one and a half now. I I would jumped on it too. Like I can't I can't let that go any further. Uh, for me, I think that's a that's a no brainer for me on this. I love that move. Um, looking at the New England and the Jets, the uh, return of the Mac. Like I, is that a fair to say after getting benched now? Because now we're seeing Mac Jones back under center again as they take on the New York Jets without probably the offensive rookie of the year candidate no longer on this offense with Brees Hall going down. The under is what everyone is leaning on with 91% of the money under 40.5. I think it takes a ton of sense. New England hasn't been playing great on offense. The Jets just lost their biggest playmaker. I don't think we're expecting a ton of James Robinson this week. I definitely like Michael Carter. Uh, Corey Davis also down. Um, you look at the Jets also lost one of their top offensive linemen. He won't be playing on this one too. 
They got a really good defense they're playing right now, so I think the under just makes too much sense in what has been, like I said, the year of the under. Um, and I'll say on the final one here, you're looking at the NFC West matchup between the Rams and the Niners. Rams have been they've been taken out to the behind the woodshed several times here by the 49ers. Is that a trend that you expect here still to cover with Shanahan continuing to have McVay's number? It's it's just so hard to go against this. And I know we talked about this earlier in the year where it was like, you know what? I look at these two teams. I don't really agree with where the money's at, but then it played out kind of how everyone expected with the money. So 83% of the money's on San Francisco to win. Only 53% of the money's on San Francisco to cover despite 77% of the bets. So the Sharps are definitely looking here um, to say that the Rams will cover However, we like the, the, the 49ers to still win. So uh, I probably have more of a lean on this play. I'm going to lean towards the 49ers because they have continued to win this this battle. Um, I don't know that I'd want to play this one yet, but at least trends-wise, looking at the Sharps, looking at the Rams to cover. Yeah, I actually, I'm on the other side of that. I actually took the 49ers at the minus one and a half. They're just a better team right now for me. I know they're dealing with a couple of injuries here and there, but... The Rams are just so disjointed. I just don't have any trust in them. Until they show me something, I'm, I'm going against them, especially when the one team just added Christian McCaffrey. And I think now we're going to see that full deployment of Christian McCaffrey. So I'm kind of, I'm actually in on the on the 49ers here. I think I was on the same side of this the last time these two teams met up, and I was on the side of the 49ers. So we'll see how that game goes. Should be a good one regardless. Uh, but speaking of betting here, if you guys want to win a free $150 this NFL offseason, well, as a new user over on Barstool Sportsbook, you can bet $20 and win $150 on games this weekend if either quarterback in a game you bet on completes one or more passes. That is it. Just one or more passes completed, and you can win up to $150. Head over to ProBowlNetwork.com and check out our latest betting promo offers to claim this one today. Uh, kind of looking at some of the other ones on here, Ian, you've got listed the Vikings minus three and a half kind of game we alluded to earlier. We're both a big fan of the Raiders minus one and a half against New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints are two and five ATS. Um, and quite frankly, this is just the Raiders just looking like a good football team. This is a playoff contending team right now. Second best team in this division, which is saying a lot for how good the AFC West is. Leaning on the Dolphins minus three and a half over the Detroit Lions. I like Washington. You've got Washington on here to cover the three against the Colts. Are you were you surprised that the Colts were actually favorites despite making the turnover to Sam Ellinger? Yeah, especially by three points. This is really more of a pick'em to me. It's not a great home field advantage for Indianapolis, so I'm not really sure why there's a three points there. We don't know anything yeah. about Sam Ellinger outside of what he did in, at Texas, and that was really which wasn't impressive. impressive. No, yeah. and I think Frank Wright could build a nice offense around him. Can he do it in a week? Can you install an RPO up, offense in one week? That's the I question. I mean, he's going to have to. And if he doesn't, it's going to be Washington wins comfortably. Um, if he can, then we might actually have a pretty interesting game with two backup quarterbacks who are athletic but not necessarily consistent. So I like Washington in that one just because it's the points, man. Like, I just don't feel comfortable giving Sam Ellinger three points in his first career start. Yeah, same. Um, I can't justify it either. To me, this seems like a, a one, one and a half point game. Like, so we're talking about a toss up at that point. I cannot see how they're giving the Colts thir- uh, giving the Colts three unless they're just expecting nothing but turn around, hand the ball off, Jonathan Taylor, go be you. But look, this is also Jonathan Taylor, who's also dealing with ankle injury. So it's what are you going to be getting out of him? Sam Ellinger, I got him mm, pass, hands off. And I've also downgraded all the Colts players in fantasy as well. 
that's just one where I'm just staying away from it. Uh, one of the game you also got listed on here is the Giants taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Giants 6-1 ATS, and you're actually favoring the Giants to cover the three points here, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. I kind of like this one, especially the way Daniel Jones has been playing, huh? Yeah, Giants have covered in six of their seven games this year. They're just playing a good brand of football. It's, you know, three points. Again, it's like the, the one we just talked about. I'm not comfortable giving Seattle the three points when they, they've played better than expected, and I think this will actually be a pretty good game. I just like the Giants' style of football. They know how to keep things close. Their defense is going to be very challenging because they're very physical up front. I think they could slow down Ken Walker a little bit. I don't know if they're going to stop him, you know, with his over-unders or higher lowers, but I think they can slow him a little bit, not be too effective and take over this game. I'm expecting just a really competitive game. At worst, I'm looking at a push here, so I do like the three points. Well, speaking of the projections, I want to bring this up. I want to talk to you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. It is Underdog Fantasy and their pick'em game. Just look for your favorite or least favorite player stats and pick whether they'll end up higher or lower than that number in this week's game, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile app. Just pick between two and five players for your pick'em entry, get all your picks right, and you can take home some cold, hard cash. It is super simple to get started. Just head over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PFN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Remember, that is Underdog Fantasy, promo code PFN. Get in on the action today. And we've got several of these sitting here, and we're going to run through these pretty quickly, but I think the first one you're looking at here is Melvin Gordon. It's they are really low on Melvin Gordon, and I get it. But is 39.5 rushing yards too low? It is. He's cooked, but Latavius Murphy is even more cooked. And with Mike Boone hurt, <laughs> Jax gave up 236 rushing yards last week. We got to take the higher on 39.5. Yeah, this one, I, I wanted to put this one down, then I saw you kind of beat me to it. This is a team ride on this one. Jalen Waddle, 88 yards last week with Tua. Lions defense is struggling 32nd in total in uh, total yards allowed. They got Jalen Waddle sitting here at 63.5 receiving yards. That's as an easy hire for me as well. We both love this one. Um, Tyreek Hill is sitting a little bit higher. I got no issue. Whichever one you want to take, that's fine. Jalen Waddle is the lower number. Go for it. Have at it. 63 and a half. I think she should clear that pretty easily. I love taking the higher on that one. Game we mentioned earlier today where I don't expect it to be competitive. Steelers against the Philadelphia Eagles. You love, you got to love AJ Brown this matchup, don't you? We got 69 and a half nice receiving yards nice. for our line here. Steelers have given up more passing yards than any other team to receivers. And you know what that means. We got to take the higher. It's going to be a dominant yeah. effort from Brown. Yeah, I love that one. It's, it's pretty much just like take everything you can on the Eagles side of the ball and stay away from everything on the Steelers side. Mine's like I said, we talked about George Pickens earlier. I think that's one of the few players you actually feel okay about. Like I'm benching Najee. Like I can't, I can't do it. Staying away. But one running back we have been able to actually kind of pay a little bit more attention to and enjoy this year has been Damian Pierce. I mean, unless you're you're Dan Mullen and his mentions probably every Sunday with people wondering why the hell you didn't use him at Florida. That's probably the only person who is enjoying watching Damian Pierce right now. But they've got him sitting here at 72.5 rushing yards. He's facing a tough Tennessee Titans defense that is sitting fourth in yards yards allowed. Are you looking at the higher or the lower on Damian Pierce this week? 
I do like the lower. Originally, he was sitting at like 69 and a half or 70 and a half. And then when mm-hmm. I checked it again, he had risen to 72 and a half. So just an easier decision for me overall. Uh, Titans have given up an average of 49 yards rushing per game over the last three games. This defense is really locking in, and Jeffrey Simmons is a big part of that. So I'm going to take Pierce lower, even though he's going to get a ton of carries. I just don't think it's going to be efficient touches. Yeah, makes sense. I'm going to keep it with that exact same game, looking at Derrick Henry. And I think it would be easy to just go for the the rushing yards because over the last two weeks, Henry's averaging 28 rushing attempts per game and has 230 yards. Like there are a few things more fun when it comes to football than Derrick Henry in his prime and when he's just just running reckless over everyone. But it's 101 rushing yards for his for his uh, higher lower. I'm staying away from that. That's just too much for me to go on. Uh, anytime we're getting the triple digits, what I am going to do, they only got him at 12 and a half receiving yards. Derrick Henry does have two or more receptions in four straight games. I'll be taking the higher on 12 and a half receiving yards as he takes on the Houston Texans, who are one of the worst off defense in the NFL. They're in for a, uh, they're in for a rough game on this one. I'm also looking at Travis Etienne. I'm not touching his 93 and a half total yards or his 72 and a half rushing yards what i am looking at are the 20.5 receiving yards for uh for travis Etienne this week denver is a tough defense don't get me wrong but i think we know how explosive travis Etienne can be i'll take the higher on 20.5 receiving yards um jalen hurts been leading on and talking about this uh philadelphia eagles and pittsburgh steelers game i'm going higher than 283.5 total yards He's just too good on the ground. He's too good through the air. The Steelers can't really stop anyone, ranking 29th in passing yards per game, 30th in EPA per dropback. Um, they're also struggling to stop quarterbacks on the ground. Hertz is one of the most prolific rushers we have in the, in the NFL. We'll be taking the higher on his total yards. Um, a game we looked at earlier, you were taking the under, which I think correlates really nicely with taking the lower on Mac Jones at 13.25 fantasy points. I'm not even sure he finishes the game. I don't think anyone is. I don't think he is because we saw the change happen with Bailey Zappi last week. For me, I think we probably end up do see Bailey Zappi again under center. I will be taking the lower on Mac Jones, 13.25. A couple more here quickly to rattle off. Terrence Marshall leaning, leaning on this one. I don't love it, um, but it's. I think it's an interesting one to take a look at nonetheless. 26.5 receiving yards. Obviously, I love DJ Moore more than anyone else on this one. It's just a really low number of someone who is kind of taking over the Robbie Anderson role and is kind of out there on a decent amount of the plays. So I do kind of favor him. Also, looking at Khalil Herbert, uh, David Montgomery was a sit for me this week, so I'm looking at Khalil Herbert to go oh, to go uh, higher than 39.5 rushing yards, something he's done in multiple games here in a row. My final one here will be Gabe Davis to go higher than uh, 59.5 receiving yards against the Green Bay Packers. That will wrap up today's episode of the Run the Table podcast powered by Pro Football Network. If you enjoyed today's episode of the show, feel free to leave a rating and a review, whether it's on Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts at. Also, continue to stay up to date with all the latest news around the league by heading over to ProFootballNetwork.com, where you can find analysis covering not only fantasy football and betting, but breaking news around the league. Uh, college football, and the NFL draft. And remember, it is never too early to get started on your 2023 season with the PFN MDS, which you can find over at profootballnetwork.com forward slash mock draft. 
You can follow Ian on Twitter at NFL Film Study and myself at Tommy Garrett PFN. You guys are out there trick-or-treating this weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Get plenty of candy out there for all of us. And uh, don't be that old person driving door to door. No one likes that kid. Like you're, you're too old to be doing this stuff. Um, but that's going to wrap things up here. We will see you guys on Monday uh, for the next episode of the show.